This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray. A member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. I'm so excited about having Dusty with me today. Um, I'm sorry I didn't get to, we just, our days kind of morphed around. This has been a crazy week. So as you just see this, just hop on, and many of you are going to see this later, but we're so excited to have Dusty here today. Dusty's going to be with us this Sunday morning uh, at Celebration of Life at 10 a.m. So I want to invite anybody in the Houston area that wants to come out, um, that maybe does, maybe you don't have a local church that you're attending right now, come out and be with us. Um, we're just really happy to be here. Uh, this is We're actually broadcasting for BPN Radio and Facebook Live at the same time. We kind of t- kill two birds with one stone. And then... Dusty wrote this book called Dream Again. I want you to see this. You can go on Amazon and get it, right? Uh, the best place, you, they can get the uh, ebook from okay. uh, from Amazon, but the best place to get all the information they need is www.dreamagainbook.com. Okay, dream, www.dreamagainbook.com. Let me just say this before we start talking about this book. Uh, you want to go on and order you one. Um this is about Dusty's life and what God did for him. And I'm just so excited about talking about this book and you telling your story. Um, I want us to start off with prayer. And then, um, Dusty, I'm just going to give you the floor okay. and let you talk about the book. And then I may interject some questions. Sure. You know, Lord, I just thank you for an opportunity to yes, Lord. serve you today in every capacity you. that you've given us. We thank you for the. Thank we thank you for what happened last night at Drenched, and yes. what a fabulous time we had, and all the miracles that took place. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in Dusty's life and Anne's life. We thank you, Lord, for their love for you. I pray, Lord, that everyone that logs on today, that you will put a seed and mm-hmm. a uh, conceive in them a desire to dream again, yes, especially Lord. those that are brokenhearted or maybe going through a tough time in their life right now. And I just give you the praise and the glory. I really believe this broadcast is going to help many of you that find yourself in in, in a valley, you know, just a valley. And uh, this is going to give you the tools that you need. And, and um, then go get the book and you'll get everything you need to really uh, allow God to walk you through this and cycle you out. So tell us about the book, Dusty. Well, you know, when the journey started to actually get the book, from in here right. out onto paper, paper. Uh, it was about getting the story of what Jesus had done in my life and how he had brought restoration for me. And I felt like that, that Jesus was really prompting me to put that story in print, but also at the same time, taking that story and allowing the principles that when you follow the principles yes. that are, that are, clearly designed yes. in scripture, God has a plan to lead you from where you currently are. And it would not matter where you are. It wouldn't matter if you're in a great season right. and everything's going well, or maybe you're in a season where it's not going well. Right. Whatever season you're in, there are principles to navigate that so that we can live John ten ten, which is that we would live our life to the full, to have the abundance. So That's if awesome. you think about this, think about abundant life. What is that really like? What does that mean? Well, that is actually God helping us to get an idea of our potential. Potential is God's, his perfect design for your life and for my life, for Callie's life. That's our potential. So let's just say that today, the potential that we know, we actually, it was a reality today. Right, Right. Well, the moment that God brings you to a point where your potential is actualized right now. He changes your potential. So now it's even greater. That's why Ephesians 3.20 says he is able to do immeasurably more than you can think or imagine. So more is always out in front of you. It's a potential. It's 
because potential is never really fulfilled because God's always got more for you. He's always got additional growth. So I wanted to write a book that was about my life and how God took me from a very tragic time in my life. In fact, when I go back in 1991, uh, I'm pastoring a church uh, in Alabama. That's where we're from. And I was pastoring a church. And and in fact, uh, Sister Callie, that was my dream. Pastor a church. That was my dream. From a small boy, I I served Jesus, got (laughs) saved when I was seven. I I believed that God had destiny on my life. uh, And I wanted to preach the word. I wanted to get married. I wanted to have a family. I wanted to be a godly dad. I wanted to be a godly husband. I wanted to make a difference. And I really believe that I I believed this. I believe God wanted to make a significant historical difference in the world through my life. I believe that. That's true. Because that's what it means to be more. Yes. Have more. And so I I really believe that. Well, what I didn't calculate was the train wrecks of life. Yeah. I didn't calculate how that sometimes the very things that you hope for and dream for, they fall apart. And that's what happened in, in 1991. Uh, in, in 1990, 1991, in that season, I'm pastoring a church in Birmingham, and on a, uh, a Friday afternoon, uh, I get divorce papers served to me at the church, and you can imagine with me for a moment, I tell that story in, in Dream Again of, the, of just how it felt that day at my office. Secretary had called me to the front. Young man brings in the papers and serves me. A, um, a complaint of divorce, and I go back to my office, and I, I just laid on the floor, and I began to cry, and the pain was the kind oh. of pain that you, you it's crying, but it's beyond crying. It's a suffocating feeling to where you just, you just even, you, you're convulsing with the emotional pain of the moment, wow. because I was asking a thousand questions. I, I couldn't understand what was happening with my life. And in a very short time frame, every dream gone. It was like ashes burn up. And I laid in the ashes of what I thought was a ruined life. Wow. It's over. I'll never pastor again. My family, my children, uh, my wife, all, you know, all of that changing. And uh, then over the next year, uh, I resigned to the church. I went out and just tried to get a job, just, you know, figure it out. What am I going to do? And it was in those times where I began to say, Lord, if you don't help me, I have no help. If you don't give me answers, I have no answers. And Callie, I I went into my now, uh, my empty closet now because my wife had taken all her stuff out. So I had a few things in there and here's what I did. I I, I laid a blanket down in the floor of my, of my closet and I put, uh, we called them boom boxes where you could play, play, play a tape and play music and my Bible and my journal. And I would go in my closet and I would lay down on the floor and I cried out to God. And it was in those moments that God began to help me dream again. Wow. He began to help me see that, to dream again, I just want to say to you right now, maybe you have a story that you you identify with that suffocating pain of whatever may have brought those circumstances wow. into your life, and you feel that moment right now. Even maybe with tears in your eyes, you're feeling again the emotion of something that's happened recently or something that's happened in the past that you're still dealing with, and I want to tell you, that what it means to dream again is actually hope. That's all it is. Dreaming again is having hope that your life is not over and that your circumstances are not going to be your destiny and that you're going to move beyond where you are and the Lord is going to restore and he's going to redeem and he's going to put things right. And that's why I wrote this book. I want people to know there's hope again for their life. I want to interject something. I, I love what Dusty did because many times when we get in these situations where we feel like, Okay, all hope is gone. You know, I, you were, what were you, 10, 11 years into your marriage? How, I was 16 years. 16 years into your marriage. Uh, marriage is gone. Your kids are, you know, you know how that, how divorce affects your children. Absolutely. It wreaks havoc on our kids. And then you've lost your, your ministry that That's you correct. gave your whole life for and your income. 
So, you, you know, that's, that's a pretty, dev- that's a devastating blow. I don't know how it can get any more devastating, but I love what he did. And I think there's a principle just in the beginning stages of your uh, travesty is you immersed yourself in Jesus. There was nothing else to do. And when we find ourselves in these areas of life where we're like, okay, <laughs> I've lost this game and I don't know if I'm going to get out of this. There's the place we must go is a relationship with Jesus. He has the answers to help us. And so what Dusty did is he went into that prayer closet. He took that journal and God began to restore his hope. And I just want to encourage you wherever you're at today, you're going to find a way to dream again in the presence of the Lord. You're going to find everything you need. And I love what Dusty said too, whether you're at the highest point of your life, or you're the lowest point of your life, that intimate relationship with Jesus is what sustains us and gives us hope on a daily basis. Every day. Every day. So tell us what happens after that. Well, um, the Lord began to speak to me. And and I want to say this, just because I'm in my prayer closet and I'm crying out to the Lord, I don't want you to think that I started feeling emotionally better immediately. I don't want you to assume for a moment that I didn't feel pressure and stress and that I was overwhelmed and there were these feelings of, of, of depression. I just even know, I don't even know how to put words to it, but you know, if you've lived it, you know what I'm talking about, but God didn't just step in there and I'm all joyful and everything's okay. And, and, and I didn't feel the pain. No, I did feel the pain. Sure. The key here is that pain is not your enemy. I remember um, going and, and having to, well, you just get a job. You know, well, you do what you got to do to take care of your family. My mom and dad moved in with me to help me take care of the kids because in that process, uh, um, I, I did get custody of my children. So I'm trying to raise my three kids and I'm trying to work a job. I'm trying to survive. I'm, I'm $100,000 in unsecured debt debt collectors and, you know, all of that letters and phone calls that was going on. And it, it was in that time frame of getting a job and going out into the marketplace and begin to try to just survive. Rework your life. Exactly. Uh, I walked in and, and on the wall, Kelly, there was this picture and probably you've seen them there. They were called uh, successories or something. Yeah, I used to see and, them. And they would have a picture and then there would be a caption underneath. Right. I can't even remember what the caption was. But when I walked in, I looked over, and it was um, a surfer on the north shore of Oahu, and there was this massive wave, and the surfer was just coming down the tube of that massive wave, surfing this wave. And just prior to that moment, I had said to the Lord, Jesus, I feel like a wave has crashed in on my life and washed away all of my dreams. And so I walk in and I see the massive wave and Holy Spirit says, there you are. I'm going to teach you how to surf the waves that are crashing in. And here's what happened in that moment. I have the handwritten notes to this book where I sat down at my desk and I began to write the outline of, of what's in this book on the, in that time frame, beginning to, to actually write out what Jesus was saying. Wow. And now over the last, uh, you know, 26, 27 years, I've been testing these principles. So what's in this book is not uh, just some uh, faddish kind of an idea. It's not going to be... Uh, what I what I can tell you it is, is that it is real life experiences where the principles were tested inside of a laboratory of pain. Yeah. And Jesus showed me a way out. Yeah. This and, isn't a book written just because you had a good idea, decided to put it down and maybe you lived it, maybe you didn't. You lived this book. Absolutely. And that's what surfing the wave in your life. So think about pain as this wave or circumstances, this wave crashing in on your life. All right. Now think about what surfers, I'm not a surfer. I've never surfed, but I had to go study surfing. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I discovered was, is that when the waves are the biggest, the surfers are motivated. Wow. Those who don't know how to surf come out of the surf because they're intimidated with the size of the wave. Sure. 
when you learn how to surf, the circumstances of your life, it won't matter how big the wave is. It doesn't matter how big the circumstance is. You'll grab your surfboard and you'll begin to manage and harness the power inside of that circumstance that will not intimidate you anymore. You'll say, bring it on because it's going to take me to the next well, level the, of my life. That's why Paul said whether I bound, I'm about, or whether I'm a base, whether I'm in trial whether I'm on the mountaintop, he learned to be content and to be joyful and grateful because here's the truth. We live in a fallen world. Yes, we, we live do. in a fallen world. We serve a perfect God and we, we're also citizens of another kingdom. Mm-hmm. So we, Jesus paid to bring back everything we lost in the garden, but there, we still live on earth and there's times that life hits us and life causes us pain, heartache, disappointment, uh, we have to realign our lives, uh, recalibrate our lives. But with Jesus as our anchor, that's right. there is nothing that God can't take us through and give us. And it's, I love what Dusty said. He said he still felt the pain. He still felt the hurt. He still was confused at times. You, you still have to go through it. But you know what? How many people are you helping go through this now? Well, my, my dream is that this book will touch a million people. I I know that's big. I know that's big. But hey, listen, I believe that when a million people understand the Word of God, there's nothing in here that's dustyology. This is the Word of God. This is principles that the Lord taught me. Because, you know, let's just say that you're going to uh, put your, you just gave your your child a new swing set for their birthday. And now you got to put it together. And every dad goes, Oh, I can handle this. I'll get this thing together. And you know, uh, 10 hours later, you have extra parts and it doesn't look like the swing set. All right. Because you didn't read the instructions. And I'll tell you, I always thought that it's fun to just not read the instructions and just figure it out. What I have learned now, (laughs) it's better to read the instructions Follow the guide so that when it all comes together, it functions appropriately, it's safe, and it gives enjoyment to your children. And that's kingdom, by the way. If we read the instructions of God's Word and we follow the principles that the Holy Spirit has inspired in this book, then what happens is our life is effective and productive, and it's to the full, and we don't have all these extra parts with confusion. No, we follow the instructions. Yes. Is that easy? Absolutely not, but it is simple, Yes, but not easy. Easy. Right. And that's serving God. It's simple, but it's not always easy. Absolutely. Because we're dealing with our flesh, our emotions, uh, you know, but the more we apply these principles, the more we say, okay, I'm going to do it God's way, the easier it gets. That's right. Because it becomes second nature. And principles are not rules. I'm not going to tell you that we're going to give you a list of rules to follow. That's not what this is. These are principles and a principle. It it covers all of time. It wouldn't matter if it was a principle a thousand years ago. It's and it worked a thousand years ago. It still works today. And it would not matter if you're male or female. It would not matter what country you're from. The principle works every single time. And that's what's in this book. And it's about understanding the principles of the Word of God on how to navigate the most difficult days of your life, and at the same time, how to navigate the best days of your life. That's awesome. Can you give us a couple of the, uh, I don't want to give the whole book away. Sure. I want people to read the book. (laughs) But can you give me maybe two or three of the principles in here that you think would be really good to just share today? Yeah, sure. I I think probably one of, of the most powerful principles is the fact that you just have to understand life is an adventure. It is an adventure. And what is an adventure? By definition, it's hazardous. <laughs> it can, yes. It's exciting. Um, it has a lot of things that happen accidentally. You don't really plan for, but they happen. And so when you just begin to relax and understand that life is not always going to be what you thought it was, but the adventure of life is where Jesus is involved in the adventure of our life to help us grow and mature and enjoy each step along the way. So the principle in here is that God is involved in our life. How is that possible? Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that God is at work in all things. In all things, God is at work for His purpose in our life. He's working His purpose, and it says, for our good. 
And the word there used in the scriptures for good is not beautiful good. It's not easy good. There were three words in the, in the language that could have described good, good. meaning okay. beautiful good or easy good or the good that is ultimately available to you in life. And which one do you think the Apostle Paul used? It's the good that's the ultimate good for your life. It wow. may not feel good, good today. It may not feel prosperous right now. But if you will keep your focus on what he said and follow that principle by faith, it leads you straight out of your mess and into your destiny. Yeah, that's every kind of time. like having a baby. Okay, I don't know about that. I know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> but when you go to have a baby, it doesn't feel good. That pain is terrible. But the pain is worth the reward. Mm-hmm. The ultimate, when I get that baby in my mm-hmm. arms, what I went through for 12, 16, mm-hmm. 24 hours, maybe you had to have surgery, but for all you gals out there, you 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 know what it's like when you hold that baby. All that pain doesn't even matter. In fact, you're ready to go do it again two years later for the second child or the <laughs> third child. But that's what the ultimate good. I love that. Yeah, and the adventure really. Think about this in your life. Your adventure is all of the episodes, which are small little captions of your life. So all of these small episodes, which represent your past. So think of an hourglass. If we had this large hourglass sitting here, you would have sand that is not yet fallen through. Mm-hmm. Then you would have sand that's in the in a in a microsecond is passing from the top to the bottom. That's present, mm-hmm. and then sand that's already fallen through. That's your past. Mm-hmm. That's what's already happened. So our adventure in life is about the sand not yet our. Our, our future that's yet to happen, the moment in which we're living now, which is where sand is passing, the smallest little point of our life is the right. present right that's now. Awesome. And then it, the, where we, the past of where we are. Now, here's what happens. There's a principle in here I talk about, and that is that we get stuck in the past. We live our life with all this sand that's already passed through. We focus on what's already done. And it, and it can't change anything. Can't change one thing, and we get we get actually captivated. I describe it like this. It's like getting your car stuck in the mud and you're burning gas trying to get out. You're spinning. RPMs in the car, engines running, fuels burning. But you ain't going nowhere. You're going nowhere. So we get stuck in the past because it's in those moments that this, this it's Superman's kryptonite. It's called disappointment. And we get disappointed. And the moment we find ourselves living in the disappointment, we get stuck in it. We keep retelling the story, retelling. You'll, you'll hear yourself. You'll tell the same story. It happened 20 years ago. You're still telling it. You'll tell it to a new friend. You'll tell it to your neighbor. You'll tell it. You keep telling the same story. I've done it. That means we're stuck okay. in something and we can't get out of it. All right. Now, I want to stop right here. That is so powerful. This is, I've been there. I know what this is like. And I know what devastation living in the past does for you. It wreaks havoc on your life. You miss today and you will miss your future by getting stuck. And so I want us to pray just for a moment. Yes. And just, I want you to read this book. Okay. I want you to read this book, but knowledge is not everything. A lot of times we've got to have, we've got to have God help us with the knowledge he gives us and actually free us. I want you to pray. For those that are listening right now, for all of us, that we will be free from the past. Amen. Okay. All right, let's pray. Um, Jesus, I thank you for every single person that is today listening, watching, and engaging in this moment. Those that will actually engage or watch later. Uh, all of this. And we pray today asking that you will step into their present moment right now and begin to put your finger on the broken places of their past. Would you put your hand, your loving, fatherly, guiding, merciful hand upon that pain? And Lord, I ask that you would give us hope again. You would give us faith to believe that this is not our destiny, that our pain and our circumstances our current situation and our yes. past is not where we're yes. going to stay. Yes. You are a God that moves us yes. out. You are a God that takes us through yes. and you're a yes. God that's going to bring us in yes. to a new season. I command every power of darkness that yes. has lied 
And I now speak to those lies to every person who's empowered the liar by believing the lie. And today we stand in the truth of God's word. Jesus, today we believe you. You said you are the way and you are the truth. We're only going to believe what you said about us. We're never going to believe what others say or the devil says. We're going to believe what you said about us and that we can do everything you've called us to do. Father, I thank you that you are exactly what you said you are. You're never going to lie and that you'll do exactly what you said you would do. And I declare today that by the authority of God's word, we are who God says that we are, and we will do what God says we will do because God's word is alive and active in us. And from this moment forward, we will not allow the shackles of the past to keep us from our present. In the name of Jesus, make it so. Amen. I receive that and I receive that for every one of you. Uh, I really want to encourage you. um, This is so powerful. I spent several years of my life in different seasons because I didn't get this truth until later in life about just letting go of the past. I would replay things or I should have done this or should have done that. Or if I would have done this, that is not, listen, we should learn from our mistakes. Okay. There's nothing wrong with learning from your mistakes, but just learn and go forward, learn and go forward. Don't replay in your mind everything that you consider a failure because you'll never ever walk out what God has for you. It is a trap from the enemy to keep us from our future. And uh, I'm so glad I finally learned it, but I was, and I've been serving God my whole life, but I was late learning that. Yeah. I I think that sometimes um, when we learn it, is the moment we're ready to learn it. Maybe so. And sometimes we need a community around us to, to us. actually um, walk through a season. Uh, God's not going to waste a single one of his words. And if we're not ready for the word and we're not prepared with a community to help us, he's not going to waste the word. Right. And so I think sometimes that uh, like today, you got it. You really did. You got revelation today. All that means is, is that God believes you're ready now to come out. Wonderful. You're coming out. And you know, I want to ask a question for, and I want you to think very seriously about this question. Do you believe that God has called you to make a historical significant difference in the world? Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. A lot of people that I ask that question to, they say, well, yes, I believe I I am designed or I believe I'm created. I believe God wants me to make a significant difference in the world. And then I ask the second question, what is it? I don't know. That's exactly right. 99% of the people who, when you ask, well, what is it? What is that significant difference that God has called you to make in the world? They say, well, I'm not sure yet. Well, that very reason is why I wrote Dream Again. Is so that you can have somebody as a guide to show you how to discover the the significant historical difference that God has made in your life. And listen, let me tell you how close it is. There are there, there there are times I've done this before, and you probably have too. You're walking around the house, and you're going, "Where's my car keys? Has anybody seen my car keys? I can't find my car keys." And you're getting frustrated because you can't find your car keys until someone says, "Well, what about those in your hand?" <laughs> oh, yes, happens to me all the time. Okay, well, here's the deal: the keys were so close you yes. couldn't see, see them. God has your destiny so close you miss it. It is so close. In fact, he put it in you before you were ever born. He put it in you to where you couldn't get rid of it. No one can take it from you. You can't have it robbed from you. You can't lose it. It's not like car keys. It is so ingrained on the inside of you. I call it your DNA. Mm-hmm. And DNA, we, we, that's not our personal fingerprint of, of creation. That's not what DNA is. DNA stands for this, divine nature applied. God's divine nature is already applied, and your destiny is put inside of you, and he releases each portion of your destiny, of your purpose, in small increments and we call those a dream. I had a dream, not necessarily, not nighttime revelation, not when you're asleep. I'm talking about you're having a daydream, Mm -hmm. and you're thinking about what you could do, 
You think about what's possible. You begin to tap potential. And here's what happens as an adult. We begin to believe that's what children do. Oh, children, that's just imagination. I'm done with imagining stuff. That's just, that's this child's play. In fact, let me encourage you. Your ability to dream today, your ability to imagine, your ability to tap into the potential of what God intended you, that is God-ordained. It's not childish. In fact, even if you want to say it's childish, Jesus said that the kingdom is experienced by those who come as a child. We need to come with imagination. And in the book, I, I show you a way in which You can tap into your destiny by tapping into your childhood dreams. Every single one of us dreamed of being something and doing something. And it's not a complete picture of what you're designed for, but it's a small flicker of light that leads you down the path. And let me say this just for clarification. Now, for the older folks, I think they get this. But for the younger folks, I think this is important to say. I love what you said. Do you believe you you were called to make a historical difference in the world? Difference in the world, significant difference mm-hmm. in the world. Okay, historical may not be famous. Famous and making a difference. You may not ever be famous. You may be famous, but do you know how many people that have made historical differences in the world that we barely know their name? Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 you can find out one of them was. Um, uh, Charles Finney's mother, mm-hmm. you know, they said when reading the biography that those two boys' mother was a better preacher than any man in her. Uh, literally, she was not allowed to preach in the church. She'd have to preach at home, but there would be so many people show up at her home to hear her preach. They couldn't get them all in there. Wow. Okay. But you between her Bible teaching at home, her preaching to her sons, this makes me cry. And her, they said her understanding of the scripture was beyond anything you could imagine. She lost, her husband ran off and left her. He was a pastor that was a deadbeat that ended up cheating people. So she had all these things she had to overcome. She had a dusty story, but she kept preaching the gospel. She kept pouring into her boys. She kept doing what God called her to do. And through her sons, God saved thousands Amen. She made a historical difference by just being who she was called to be in her little city. That's the key right there. That's the key is the, is the definition of historical or significant. Because when you think about is, does God think that your contribution to the world is significant? Well, here's how you can know that. Obedience to his call obedience to his direction is the significant historical difference in the world. Like your story. Let me give you an example. There is a preacher that we all know. His name is is infamous. His name is Billy Graham. He preached to 2.2 billion people in his life. Well, who won Billy Graham to the Lord? Most people don't know. It was Mordecai Ham. Most people don't know. They, he was an evangelist during those early times in Billy Graham's life, and Billy Graham got saved at a Mordecai Ham uh, meeting. Uh, meeting. But who organized the meeting? Who, had, who were the prayer warriors that were praying in North Carolina for there to be a meeting? Who was praying? You see, you wonder what your part was. What about you're the part? You prayed. You were the intercessor who prayed. Someone organized a meeting that you prayed for, and God brought the meeting, then brought an evangelist because of your prayers, and that evangelist has now won the new Billy Graham to the Lord. Yeah. God has designed everyone on this broadcast to make a historical difference. Yes. To be significant. Some of you will be famous. Some of you people will... You'll be a household name. Some of you, may, they may never know your name, but the impact that you leave will will bring such fruit that it will be beyond anything you can imagine. It's my dream and my desire that everyone that God puts in my path, that I'm able to love them, speak God's word, and I hope they do a million times better than I ever did. I want to be that person that loves them to, to their destiny. Absolutely. And so if, you know, it, just understand that we live in a, in a culture that thinks being famous is the most important thing in life. It's not. Being obedient to Christ 
and making the difference that God has called you to make is the most, and I'm not against being famous. I've got kids that do things that people know their names and that's great. And I'm all for that if that's God's plan for you, but I don't want you to get that mixed up because sometimes people do. And sometimes I agree with you, Sister Callie, because I think that sometimes we think that uh, having human fame is uh, some place that we we desire, when in fact, uh, having God's heart and yes. having God's fame, if you want to put it that way. Uh, because sometimes those who have public fame, if you ask them, they'll tell you, no, 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 I have, I have the favor of the Lord on my life. And everything you see public is only because yes. I have the favor of God. Even though we see them as famous, they know it's about the favor yes. of God. Yes. And I want to encourage you today to settle in to this moment because you didn't jump on here and listen by accident. You didn't catch it by replay by accident. You needed to know that God has a significant plan for your life. He has something designed for you. And uh, the, the, the saying right here, I love this little saying on the book. It says, life's an adventure, do something extraordinary. And see, I, I really believe that you were designed to do something yes. extraordinary yes. and you don't even know what that is because God will never tell you what your extraordinary is up front because it's about process. And there's another principle in here. It's about that success is not a destination. No. Success is the process. It's the process of being obedient every day. I was uh, this just several months ago. Uh, I was in a quiet moment with the Lord and he asked me, can you be satisfied with obedience? And I said, Lord, will you call me to make a significant difference in the world? You call me to make a historical difference in the world. I really believe that's what you call me to do. And he came back again. He says, but can you be satisfied with obedience? And I said, let me think about it. I did. I said, let me think about it. And I thought about what obedience really is. And it, it was a moment, uh, an epiphany. It was God Almighty coming and settling down in my truck that day. And it was the most significant difference the most historical changes that will ever be made on this planet are from simple people who make simple decisions to follow the guidance of an almighty God. That's it. That's where the extraordinary comes from. Absolutely. absolutely. Obedience is where the extraordinary comes from. That is it. And um, that was, that took me a long time. I, I started serving God at 16, but just because you're serving God doesn't mean you're being obedient. And you know, when I was a, young woman, I got saved in the classical Pentecostal type of environment. And we looked at sin as, you know, uh, smoking, drinking, cussing, uh, cheating on your wives, covetousness, everything that the Bible says sin is, and all that's sin. But when I really got closer to the Lord was when I realized that sin for me was disobedience. When he said, Callie, I want you to pray two hours today, or I want you to give that $100 to the homeless man. Or I want you to um, not go where you plan to go today and I want you to spend time with me. Or I want you to go to the hospital today and spend time with this person. Or, or I want you to sit down and, and write an article or just simple obedience. And then I realized that, you know, we want to tag sin, but sin is when I don't do what God's asked me to do. And when I make that decision, no, we're not, I'm not perfect. There's days I miss it. There's days he tells me to do something and I'm so busy. I don't even hear him clear. But when I make that decision to be obedient to the Lord and to do my very best to just follow his leading, extraordinary things happen. Yes, they do. It's just a byproduct of just loving Jesus and being obedient. Give us one more principle in the book. Okay. Um, one of the principles, and, and by the way, I just as a side note, uh, God gave me the framework to take all these principles and put them in some, uh, let's just say, an organized way. Okay. By spending thirty days in the backcountry of Alaska. Oh wow! So what I did was I took that experience. In fact, um, before I left, uh, my son gave me this field journal. And what I did was every day I journaled and I, I, I told something, a lesson, some principle that I'd learned. And I wrote stories of 30 so days amazing. in the backcountry. And what happened was when you get away from the noise, you just said it, you, know, you get away from the noise. And I couldn't, I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have any wow. communication out for 30 days. 
It was exclusively in the backcountry with nine other people. We hiked 85 miles, and it was the most beautiful, spectacular country uh, uh, that I've ever seen in my life. It was beautiful. It was in those moments that I learned, hey, these principles, they apply in the front country. They apply in the back country. (laughs) It doesn't matter. They are principles. And it gave me a framework. But one of the things we learned in the back country is that every drop of water that goes into your mouth has to be treated. Wow. Because it has, inside the water in the back country, there's a lot that could be in that water, obviously, with animals and all the things that could be in the water. And if you get any of those pathogens into your body, you get sick. And if, if you're miles and miles and miles away from base camp, you the only way to get back is they fly in and get you. And that's tragedy for, for an expedition where everything shuts down because you didn't treat your water. Right. You did not be responsible with, your water. with the water. And sometimes we are irresponsible with what we're putting into our minds, what we're putting into our bodies, what we're putting into our spirits. And we don't treat it, or let me put it a different way, we don't filter it through the Word of God. We don't filter our social media. We don't filter our television. We don't, we're on a Netflix binge and we don't filter. And I'm not saying any of those things are wrong. I'm just saying, if you don't filter it, is it wrong to have water? No, obviously it's not wrong to have water, but if you don't filter even what's good for you, it can turn into a poison in your life. If you don't filter it through God's word. It's true. It's true. Um, Listen, I want to give, take just a few minutes and invite you Sunday morning. If you're just if you're just getting on here, or, uh, Dusty and Ann will be with us Sunday morning at ten o'clock here at Celebration of Life in Baytown, Texas. You do not want to miss that service. Uh, it's going to be in a powerful service. He's going to give his testimony. Going to give it even in more detail than he did today. And um, he's actually sold out of his first five hundred books. Right? <laughs> they went so quick. They went fast. So you can get on www. Dot, dot dreamagainbook.com and dot you can order again. it and it'll be to you in within 10 to um, 14 days. Okay. So I'm going to have you on, put that on. Um, we'll actually put the link on this broadcast so that you can order this book. Uh, I want to encourage you to order the book, do a study, um, you know, take the time. This man has lived it. I love books that people have lived. I love books where, where people have been through the stuff and then they can give me the treasures that God gave them um, through that and help me through my life and help others through their life. I want to get I want to take an opportunity right now to just pray. Lord, I just ask you for everyone that's listening today that is in any type of tough valley. Maybe they've lost their jobs. Maybe they've lost a marriage. Maybe they've lost a child. Maybe they're dealing with sickness. Um, maybe maybe they're maybe they're having some sort of um, emotional breakdown or something has hit them that they just were not prepared for. I ask you, Lord, right now to send your angels to minister to them. I ask you, Lord, that as we were talking, that they feel your hope and your power surrounding them with the encouragement to take, to get up and to dream again, to have hope that you have got a great plan for their life. And I just hear the Lord saying, get up, get up, pick up your Bible. I am going to turn it around. I am going to make your life so bright that people will have to put sunshades on when they look at you Mm. because they're going to see the glory of God through your life. And what seems to be the end is really just the beginning. It's just the beginning because what I have learned, Dusty, in the times, in the areas of my life where the enemy has robbed me, where the enemy has taken from me. Those are the exact areas that God is using to bring hope and healing in other people's lives. What seems to be the worst thing will actually become the thing that you say, oh, I'm thankful I went through that. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I know I'm not, I'm not happy about divorce, but I'm thankful that I went through that experience because when I have a woman or a man fall in my arms, heart, heartbroken, I have the compassion, I have the love, mm-hmm. I have the word of God mm-hmm. in me, and God can use me to help them. 
So I just declare the blessing of the Lord over you today. Thank you, Dusty, for Thank being you. with me. Thank you, Pastor and, and I just love, we love you so much. Dream again. Go get it. We're going to put the link up right now, and we'll see you next week. God bless you. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than Hallelujah, my weapon is a melody.
For the past hour, you've been listening to The Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.